0: Yes, once again, I am joined by the one and only Scoop B. Scoop, what's going on, bro?
1: <laughs> Nothing, man. Just working hard. Working hard. Scoopy. Scoop Jackson, Robert Scoop Jackson, was on the Scoopy Radio podcast back in the fall. He dropped a lot of gems. You guys should check that out. Subscribe on the podcast on all platforms.
0: Yeah, he was on NBA panel also, like um like a few months ago. He's definitely good. He's definitely good guest. Definitely knowledgeable guy. Yes, sir. <laughs> definitely. So what's been going on, Scooby? Man, you're you are a busy person, man. Never know where you'll be at. Never. I look up, he's here, he's there. He's been interviewed by this person, interviewing that person. He's with Shaq. He's with Charles Barkley. I'm like, this boy working. <laughs>
1: Working and staying out the way and just putting out good content, man. I'm good. Just paying attention to, you know, the rest of the season and you know seeing who who's the, who who the who are the fakers, right. who are the Lakers. You see what I did there? Yes, yes, sir. And, uh, yes, no, sir. And it definitely, it's definitely a, a good time to to be paying attention to basketball. But you know, you have that pocket right now where you know the NCAA tournament is getting really started. You got yeah. the NFL combine, and then people start paying attention to the playoffs.
0: Right. Definitely. Speaking of the Lakers, I know you're plugged in. You do have sources. <laughs> the Lakers <laughs> has recently worked out, Deion Wills and J.R. Smith. What's your thoughts on that and who you think would be the the best acquisition?
1: Um, it depends on what they're looking for. So uh when you look at the Lakers right now, okay, so a couple of weeks ago you cut Demarcus cousins, or you wave Demarcus Cousins. He's working out with the team, you right. know, privately getting his rehab done with the ACL repair. He's on the men. okay. You bring in uh, Marquise Morris, twin brother of Marcus Morris of the Lakers, or, or excuse me, of the Los Angeles Clippers, okay. You bring that in. Then right. you know, you 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 wave uh, Troy Daniels on Sunday, um, which was expected, and uh, here we are. So right. uh, when you look at the J.R. Smith piece. Um, he's a bucket. Uh, he Definitely. averaged in his career about 12 points a game, uh, was part of the Cavaliers uh, championship team alongside LeBron James right. in uh, 2016, mm-hmm. was also a teammate of Jason Kidd uh, during their, Knicks, their brief stint with the Knicks and and, and when they went to playoffs. It actually lost to Frank Vogel's uh, Pacers team in the playoffs in the, in the Semis in 2013, I believe. Right, um, You have that. And then c- concurrently, uh, J.R. Smith is represented by Clutch, as is Deion Waiters. Uh, the Lakers are looking for a secondary, uh, a ball handler who can also score at will. Right. Um, if you're looking for youth or somebody younger, you go with Deion Waiters. He did play this season. Uh, J.R. Smith has not played uh, in in a little over a year, maybe not quite a year
0: yet, but um,
1: I I don't think that that should be indicative upon whether or not um, he can actually do what he needs to do. Um, D.I. Waiters also has experience playing with LeBron James. Briefly, when LeBron came back to Cleveland, he played uh, for the Cavs in 2014. Um, I think uh, it comes down to priority i think certain uh lakers fans or people who are or scouts or observers feel as though you know Rajon rondo needs help right um in the second or third unit within the lakers uh, but let's not act as if lebron james ain't the lakers starting point guard right <laughs> um and so really it's going to come down to scorer um, and, and, and somebody who has chemistry uh, with that team. Um, if you go with J.R. Smith, you go with a guy. who, You know, people want to use that meme of LeBron outstretching his head yeah. the, in, that, in that final possession in the finals. He made a mistake. Yeah. Um. And and he's owned it the same way that Deion Waiters made a mistake during the season and had that whole edibles episode. Right. I think it comes down to who the Lakers feel comfortable with. And from what I've heard. The Lakers like both, uh, but the, the championship experience and the rapport with LeBron is a plus.
0: Right. Right. LeBron definitely going to have a say in this. Like you said, he has, there's familiarity with LeBron James and J.R. Smith. I've been knowing J.R. Smith, following J.R. Smith for a while because he was on my Denver Nuggets before, uh, as on, as with the Knicks before. So I know when he gets hot, he gets hot. And when he's off, he's off. But we all know he'll keep shooting regardless. <laughs> But yeah. I believe, <laughs> I believe my opinion, I believe, I think Jarrett Smith would be the better pickup. What do you think they would do about, um, you just talked about a little bit about um, the locker room issues with, um, with Deion Waiters. I think if he had a chance to play with LeBron, I think those issues would go away. Because he has a chance to personally what? win a championship. They're right now, they're first in the West. And I don't think LeBron will play anything that's going to mess up the chemistry with the team.
1: So I talked to, to I, I talked to a few people. I actually talked to Danny Green yesterday. I talked to Lakers specifically about the word chemistry. Um, and I think the Lakers chemistry is like no other that I've seen, both covering professional sports or this year period. And I'm not being partial because of the relationships and familiarity that I have with that team. Right. I've written stories just about chemistry um, that that team has had. And, um, you know, I, I started writing about chemistry back in like January, December, January. And um, I asked Danny Green back in December to give me a grade. And I believe he said B plus A minus. So we do these check-ins where I I, I ask about chemistry. It's just something that's important to any team. You know, as much as people think the Clippers have the better roster, the Lakers, in my opinion, have the better chemistry. And so um, just certain anecdotes that are used, like Anthony Davis told me in November that LeBron James told him that the Lakers, or excuse me, he and LeBron, Anthony Davis and LeBron in the pick and roll, are like a peanut butter and banana sandwich. They're not quite peanut butter and jelly, yes. Right. So then I checked in with AD last month, and I said, where y'all at? Y'all, y'all peanut butter jelly yet? He goes, no, nah, we still <laughs> peanut butter and banana. Right. And then what I learned from Troy Daniels was the Lakers have this group text that's, like, filled with jokes, counseling sessions, meetings, conversations, like, any... Team that LeBron James has, right. you're going to see anything from special handshakes to Taco Tuesday to more. That's team building, and Troy Daniels told me he's now cut, but when he was signed, he said minutes after LeBron or right, minutes after Troy was signed to the Lakers, he got a text message. He included him in a group text and said, welcome to the Lakers. Like It's just a constant relationship. Building thing. That's why Demarcus Cousins they didn't want him to leave the team, even though they got him. Like right. he's still around. He's just a, a, a focal point of that team. Right. So it, it's it's interesting to watch.
0: Yeah. So it seems it seems like they're building a, a family, not just a chemistry. Like they all they're all family over there, and that will have a big play when come playoffs. Cause like you said, familiarity with each other, that'll help yeah. over over. That'll trump some talent if the talent don't mess. We yep. all know the playoffs; anything can happen, and that could be that could work to the Lakers' advantage. Because right now, yep. I believe they're on on, cla- on a crash course, a crash course to play in the second round. The Lakers and the Clippers, if the current standings hold up as they are right now, but I would like to see a Western Conference Finals between those two. But we all know they got to move up in the standings, so <laughs> so we can see that. So, we'll
1: see. <laughs> and, I, and I think that when you look at the Lakers, like Trey Daniel said this to me a few weeks ago, and I know I'm, I'm referencing him a lot, but. Troy said to me um, that once the trade deadline came and went, yeah, the Lakers became the underdog. They were the favorite, and he thinks that the Marcus Morris signing, yeah, or rather trade, made him the under, made made you know strengthened the Clippers. But right. in my opinion, just from watching and and taking in whatever you know documenting everybody's been saying, I, I think the Lakers have been battle tested. I mean, you look at the beginning of the season, right? Right. You start the season without Rondo and Kuzma. Right. Um, at the beginning of the season, you lose to the Clippers, and everybody was ready to go the baby with the, the bathwater. Then, you know, you go throughout the season, you lose to the Clippers again um, in the, in the, on Christmas Day. Right. Um, Davis has been hurt. LeBron has been hurt. And then there was the Kobe Bryant death. And right the day before that yeah. was LeBron breaking Kobe's record. And then there's the recovery from, you know, that, and then, you know, trade deadline, this Kuzma cool leave, you know, what happens. And then I also think there's some redemptive stories in there. So you look at Jason Kidd. he was supposed to be the head coach of that team. That was something I was reporting back in November. Um, you know, they wanted to hire fire Luke Walton, hire Jason Kidd. He ends up being the, the assistant coach of the Lakers. Um, and, you know, the team who's majority known as a woman and a guy who has had issues with domestic violence years ago. Um, he's been contrite. He's moved on. There were questions about that. Um, Frank Vogel comes in, a guy that people thought was hired for Jason kid to be, uh, to be the head coach eventually, and he'd be fired. And he's, you know, exceeded expectations as that coach. Right. Anthony Davis comes in in the summertime. Then, you know, you, you look at Dwight Howard. It took a Demarcus Cousins injury for Howard to come in, a redemptive career. I mean, this guy was invited to the Team USA. Yeah. Uh, Participated in the Slam Dunk con- or Yeah, he did participate in the Slam yeah, Dunk, yeah. dunk Then you got. Katavis caldwell Pope struggling at the beginning of the season. People were like, he stole $16 million from the Lakers. He doesn't want of at. Right. There's a lot of different layers. Danny Green comes in with the Lakers and – you know, could have signed with another team and could have, you know, stayed in Toronto, got more money, or went to the Clippers, but signed with the Lakers, waited for the Lakers. There's a lot of layered stories there. Demarcus Cousins comes in and, you know, was supposed to be that guy. That didn't happen. So, you know, it's a lot of things within there. As Caruso becomes a fan favorite. Got yeah. All-star boats. So I, I just think every person in the, on that team has a layer of something that leads to the threat of you know relatability with this Lakers team. We still don't know the Clippers yet, but that doesn't mean yeah. anything. They're just different.
0: Very true, very true. And Caruso, like you said, he's become a fan favorite. People love Caruso. He gets the the um fans to team hype every time he's on the floor. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Definitely. for sure, for sure. There's a lot of layers there. Um and, and and they're they're actually entertaining to watch. You know, times where Anthony Davis has been hurt, Dwight Howard has stepped in and doing. Right. To do. And then you look at the confidence builder. Like you got Kyle Guzma who, when LeBron is hurt, comes in and does well. I, I, it's almost like the Brandon Ingram syndrome, if you will. So, you know, whether he stays or if he goes moving forward, yeah, he he's gotta earn his paycheck in the playoffs. The playoffs is where you get
0: Yes, definitely, and we all know the Lakers are about to end their six-year playoff drought. Is it a matter of where they are going to finish it? I think they're going to hold to that one seed because I think I don't think LeBron's going to let them take their foot off the gas because I think he knows, especially in the West, that the home court is 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 necessary. But to a point, to them they're not because they're they're above 100 at home and on the road. But having that home advantage, if it's a game seven, is huge. I don't think it matters yeah. who's on your team. <laughs> Game 7 at home is crucial.
1: But you know what? This is where I think the Clippers have the advantage. Um, you know, I, I sung the Lakers praises, but when you talk, I just wrote about this last night, actually. You can check it out at heavy.com. Like, when you look at the Clippers, this team was a team before – um Paul George and um oh, Kawhi Leonard got there. Yes, I mean their their best player on that team on that roster is Lou Williams. Yes. And he came off the bench. You had a defensive juggernaut in in Patrick Beverly. Vika Zubak, a guy that was a Laker, was traded down the hall to the Clippers. And right. you know it, it worked out with Kareem Abdul Jabbar over the summer. Ramona Shelbourne of, of ESPN came on the podcast. Um, last year, the Scoopy Raider podcast, has said, you know, right. the, the, but the Clippers are must-see TV. So what did the Clippers do? They added Kawhi Leonard and they traded to get Paul George. And Paul George doesn't even really have to do that much.
0: Yeah, which is crazy because when, <laughs> when the, when the playoffs start, those two can take turns. Like you said, he won't don't have to do that much. And we have, like you said, Luke Williams. This team is so deep. And he added Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Jackson, which is a bucket also. Who can come in Bobby and get instant in office. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's in office. This team is deep and dangerous, man. I can't. I hope this is a Western Conference Championship, but we'll see. We definitely will see. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Yep. Yeah. One That's player fair. hasn't been picked up yet. Jamal Crawford. it averaging over 14 for his career? Why do you think he's not on a roster right now?
1: I talked to Jamal two days ago. Um... I think the biggest thing is people try to use defense and age uh, as a factor. And this is a guy who scored 50 points in his last game last season with the Phoenix Sun against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Jamal has said to me um, that he feels as though everybody has a right to criticize his age. Right. He's 39 years old. However, he's not a typical 39-year-old. Like
0: LeBron is not a typical 35-year-old.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think age is a factor. Um, I spoke to one league executive who told me they feel like he's not signed because he doesn't play defense. Most play, most players in the NBA don't play stellar defense, but right. they play some sort of defense. I, I think you know I like Carmelo Anthony, and yeah. you know I, I have been very a, a very right. quite a staunch supporter right. of Melo uh, and his return. So I, I think right. I have license to say this. Right. Ready? I'm ready. Melo don't play no defense. <laughs> <laughs> you signed him, right? And so it, it 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 makes you ask questions. You know, Philadelphia is a, is a fit. Um, you know, Ben Simmons is hurt, Joel Embiid is hurt. Yes. You you are looking for Shake Milton and 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 um Glenn Robinson the third, Alec Burke, Burke. um, and our Furcon Cormax to um be your scorer off the bench.
0: They could def use Jamal Crawford. And that injury with um, Ben Simmons he he's not definitely guaranteed to come back after two weeks he's going to be well not two weeks now but when he's when he's going to come back that's just that's just for when he's going to get reevaluated so yep. he might be so, out and that be a, that might be a lingering injury and one wrong fall in the playoffs or before then he could be out extended more. yeah they yeah they definitely could use him. <laughs> they definitely use him right now
1: they could use Jamal, but you know Jamal has said to me that he's continuing to work out, right? Um, and, and is continuing to just stay steadfast and prudent. And when that his numbers call, yeah. he's going to do what he needs to do. When you look at the NBA and you look at needs, the Lakers could use Jamal Crawford. He's, you know, you asked me what their needs were, or I, I said what the Lakers' needs were. Right? You know, uh, you, you need a a, a a scorer and a ball handler. To be honest with you, Jamal Crawford last year for the Phoenix Suns. Played a lot of point guard. Um, most that he's played, I think, since his rookie year in Chicago. Right. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers could use him. You know, Elton Brand and, and the general manager of the 76ers um, was Jamal Crawford's teammate in Philadelphia. Um, they have a rapport and relationship. And uh, I can tell you that Al Horford privately has campaigned um, for Jamal Crawford to Uh, join that team. Uh, You look at Matisse Stiebel. Stiebel and Jamal Crawford have the same agent. And I know that Jamal's agent has reached out uh, to powers that be. Uh, And, you know, it's kind of interesting and they're kind of just, you know, it doesn't seem that they're totally interested, but um, you look at the Lakers. I know that there are people within that organization that have been lobbying. I know that um, Jason Terry has been been very instrumental. And um, Jason Kidd quietly has been, you know, advocating on Jabal's behalf. But, right. you know, it, it comes down to need. And, um, you know, all indications are, or just from as a basketball watcher, you know, those are the best two fits.
0: Yes, they definitely use him. Definitely. Who's, who do you think is leading right now for um, MVP? Because right now. Giannis is Arrows and damn near 30 points a game. Well, we already know what happened last year. They're running away with the East again. But remember that last year they ran into Kawhi and in the Raptors got so be in the um Eastern Conference Finals. But Kawhi's not on <laughs> Toronto this year. But Toronto still won a the surprise teams in the East. I think right now. Le- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, gentlemen first.
0: <laughs> LeBron. LeBron and um Kawhi. Why. LeBron and Giannis are leading the um, MVP charge right now in a lot of people's eyes. Where do you see that race right now?
1: I think statistically Giannis ought to come combo of the Milwaukee Bucks is the MVP, but I think the NBA's MVP is LeBron James. The MVP is LeBron James.
0: Yeah, LeBron has a lot behind him right now, especially with the passing Kobe. Not mentioning those two like is going to happen because of that, but a lot of people want to see, what wouldn't mind if the Lakers win a championship because of what happened. So, um... We'll definitely see what happens with that. But I think, I think um, if Giannis can pull him out of, the, out of the east, out of the east, and I think more, I think it might take more of that to overcome LeBron because I think LeBron is going to lead the Lakers out of the west. If he does that, I think LeBron has locked up MVP. Maybe if he gets on the number one seed, that might be it. Because like I said, Adidas coming off a six-year drought from the, from the playoffs, so everybody's going to be on that also.
1: So you think LeBron has locked up MVP, you said?
0: I think think it's going to take a little bit more. I think maybe if he gets the number one seed, I think so. Well, not him, but if the Lakers take the number one seed, I think that might do it. I think that might. Yeah,
1: I I think the the tricky and slippery slope part of the MVP's voting and conversation is that although – like in in years past, before the NBA awards, you had an actual MVP voted while the playoffs were still going on. Versus, right? It's named at the end of the season. It gives people a full vantage point of regular season, playoffs, finals. Right. So so say like say like hypothetically, right? I Have to put those words in there because I get held to every word <laughs> I say. No, hypothetically, You're
0: school B S- man, you know everything. You connected. That's not being S- funny. You dead ass. You working? Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. So say this. Say hypothetically, Giannis doesn't go to the finals,
0: which is a possibility. But has the
1: season he. But but say he has the stats that he has. Right. Right. And then LeBron goes to the finals, wins the finals MVP. And the Lakers win the whole thing, right? Right. Giannis had the better season, but LeBron won the, won the ring. Like I said, statistically, Giannis was, is statistically the NBA's MVP. Right. But LeBron has the overall the chip and more. If I'm Giannis, I wouldn't give a damn about that MVP. I would care about the trophy. Very true. Just like if I'm LeBron, I wouldn't give a damn about the MVP regular season. I care about the trophy. It's not about MVPs anymore. It's about trophies. Yeah. So I, I just think it gets slippery. Like you look at the Dirk Nowitzki thing a few about over ten, fifteen years ago, where he won the MVP, but then they lost in the first round, right? Right. To the to the Warriors, right? Right. That was his season.
0: Very understandable. <laughs> Good point. Great point. Great point. Great point. And I believe Giannis might be on that pace because we all know he went into this off season mad about last year, um, because well nobody got put out so he wanted to come back faster and better so he went into all season again and they didn't have the same results they run away with the east but like you said that that's a good thing if they um they had a full sample and we'll see how they grade off of that definitely
1: sure and you know I, i'll add this like when you talk about mvp races in the past like I felt like James Harden, the first year that Giannis won MVP was, was supposed to be, should have been MVP. What was that, 2018? Yeah. I think Giannis was MVP last year. I think a lot of times it becomes a popularity contest more than it does actual skill. Like, I feel that way about the rookie of the year conversation right now. I feel like they're pushing this Zion Williamson agenda.
0: Yes, they are. They are. He's played what fifteen games, and they're already having right underneath the jaw. And jaw, jaw is he have? He has Memphis in the AFC right now. That's going to be huge in that rookie of the year um final decision. I believe, but like you said, it's a popularity contest.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's popularity, money, and looks. Um memphis is a small as a small market technically new orleans is too but right. new orleans who i had picked as a as a seventh or eighth seed in the nba's um western conference this year uh i mean they made that trade with the lakers and they're the the, the new orleans lakers as far as i'm concerned but <laughs> you know when you when you look at that it's a lot of money invested in that, that you know what I've learned and just observed just is in the in the information business. Yeah. People just got a lot of money and stuff. John Morant to me doesn't fit that agenda the same way Zion does. So I think but I think more than anything else, they're they're pushing that Zion is the next LeBron thing. Yeah. Um, and to me, Ja had to show up and prove, show and prove, uh, when they when the Memphis Grizzlies had that prime time game on uh, this past Saturday against the Lakers, and he yeah. did that, in the and in, in the and the, the Memphis Grizzlies win.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, because Ja here trying to catch bodies. See he almost did to Kevin Love and to um, <laughs> and to the brow. So he's gonna catch somebody one day. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> he's showing no fear on the court. He's showing no fear.
1: Word. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, because we were saw with this matchup with the Lakers and the Pelicans. They're like you said, they're trying to push that um, LeBron and Zion because they're already comparing them two, and he's got next and everything. So, like I said, their marketing, their marketing for for those two are great. <laughs> they're pushing that a lot. Yep. Talking about the East and the West. Who's who's your um surprise team in the East? And in the West, I think the West my surprise team is Toronto because when Kawhi left, I thought I thought they were going to fall off, but Siakam and the crew they held it down. And shout out to Nick Nurse. I mean, they essentially had the same roster as without Kawhi because you know last year Kawhi missed a few games where they little madness and heading first for the um, playoffs. But Toronto is one of my um surprise teams in the East right now.
1: Man, they brought in Rondae Hollis Jefferson to replace Kawhi Leonard, and they forty-two and eighteen in second <laughs> place in the Eastern Conference. Who would have dunked it? Yeah, man, I think you're right. I, I think, I think when you look at the Toronto Raptors, uh, I think there's a there's a there is a, I, it was brought to my attention. I was on a show last week, um, and they were asking me. It was a show in Canada, and they were asking me about American bias. Right, and i never even really thought about it that way. You no know, american bias I, I just looked at it as Kawhi wasn't there anymore so people just assumed that they were going to be bad. um and and, and and yeah you know i, I think that so it was interesting i'm still on the fence about the american bias i just think that there's a Giannis bias i think that and i also think that if there was a belief that the philadelphia 76ers were going to be this eastern conference darling that was going to go to the final like, hey it might still happen i don't know right. but um you know, I, I think everybody was running away with that notion. And, you know, I, I think when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, um, I, I said this on every show I've been on the last month, uh, Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Rafters uh, right. reminds me of Scottie Pippen, the season that Michael Jordan retired and Scottie took the Bulls to the Eastern Conference semis and ended up losing to the New York Knicks in 1994.
0: Yeah, he does. He does. Speaking of taking it back a little bit, Scottie Pippen, that year that he led them when Michael Jordan left, do you think that year adds to people just talking about that Jordan needed Mike? I mean, I'm sorry, Pippen. Yeah, Jordan needed Pippen for some of his escalates that he did. So do I
1: – so basically you're asking me, do I think that Scottie needed Michael?
0: No, that Michael, um that for um some of the accolades that Michael accomplished. Like some people say that Scotty Pippen came to the picture of Mike didn't accomplish this until then. Michael Mike did didn't... need Scotty. Yeah, that's where I was going with it.
1: Michael Michael did need Scotty. think about it. There were times on defense Scotty covered his ASF on the on the weak side. Um for as great as a defensive player that Michael was, Scotty was just as good if not better sometimes. And I think that um there were times where Michael took plays off because he was, he was catching his wind from the offensive end. That's just a fact. True. You know, Scottie Pippen was the innovator in a lot of respects, um, in the nineties, I'll say of, of point forward, um, And, and, you know, he got his points, but he he orchestrated that triangle offense many, many of many of times Um, and and was very intricate and text winners uh, created a triangle offense, a late text winner. But, you know, when you look at the Bulls and what they were able to accomplish, um, not just from the defensive and from a chemistry, a chemistry aspect, like, you know, there were times where Scotty. You know, grew frustrated, particularly during the Tony Kukoc era uh, of the Bulls. They've since mended that relationship and they're good, but, you know, I, I think that Scottie Pippen um, brought a defensive intensity, a scoring intensity um, that they needed, but Scottie also needed Michael. Let's not act like Michael just needed Scottie. They right. needed each other. Right. You know, and I think in an era where everybody gives my LeBron James a hard time, and they call him a, a ring chaser or a yeah. team hopper, Um LeBron needed a sidekick or two to help him. He would have never won that championship in 2016 without the, the gutsy play of Kyrie Irving, without yes. the, 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 the the jump shooting of Kevin, or excuse me, of, of Kevin Love, right. um, uh, the, uh, needing key buckets from 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 Jr. Smith and Channing Frye. Richard Jefferson, right. you know, comparatively, Michael Jordan had help. He had scotty he had Kukoc, he had B.J. Armstrong, he had Dennis Rodman, he had Horace Grant, right? Uh, John Paxson, you know, these were yeah. guys that John Paxton, it wasn't John
0: uh, Paxson and Steve Kerr won a won championship a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> where so he referred to them.
1: I think we in society and the social media era often have revisit, revisionists history when it relates to Michael and I I think the world of Michael but Michael had help, he didn't do it all by himself, neither can LeBron LeBron is benefiting post groin injury last year from Anthony Davis, he's never played with a power forward of Anthony Davis's magnitude. Right, exactly
0: Yeah, I brought that point up because every time they're on the GOAT conversation comes up, people talk about Michael didn't have this, Michael didn't have that, or LeBron has this LeBron has that, not looking at the whole picture like everybody does need help so nobody does it alone. You know, we all know Mike was bad, but <laughs> like we just mentioned, point you just made, Mike needed help at certain times. Like no one Look, really we, does it alone.
1: We we we're, we're hip hop has Jay Z still needed Memphis Bleak, Beanie Siegel, Chris and Neef, um, uh, um, Freeway, Cameron, Jim Jones, and Damon Dash. Damon Dash w- without Jay, yeah, um, wouldn't have been able to walk into certain rooms.
0: Exactly. Sometimes it takes a team to win. <laughs>
1: all the time it takes a team to win.
0: <laughs> Definitely, man. <laughs> Staying in the East, the Washington Wizards, we all know Bradley Beal's been on a tear. Arizona what, uh, I'm guessing 37 over this last eight games or something. He's been, and he's on a record saying that he he's tired of losing. But we know he just read up with that monster um contract extension do you think it comes to the point where he would demand a tree or test the waters? Cause I think he can opt out of that contract next year, I believe, or in 20, 2022, he can opt out. He has an option. I
1: mean, there were, there were conversations, um, in October, I remember I was on vacation and I was not, that I, that I speak to about all things, trades or, or just movement, right. um, told me that, that there was conversation with, um, the Minnesota Timberwolves as it related to Carl Towns, and there was also conversation uh, with the Boston Celtics as it related to Jalen Brown. Okay. Um, Carl, in that situation, kind of um, backed off because the Timberwolves started out okay. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was playing well. Right. Um, but Carl still wanted D'Angelo Russell on that team and that was something that was had been discussed um, since the summertime you know Carl and and, uh, Wiggins uh, or excuse me Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are both CAA guys Um, and then you know you look at um, Jalen Brown um, who got that contract in October that extension and um, you know there were people who felt that he didn't deserve it and he's earned every cent um, and I asked Jalen, you know, what, have you done anything to celebrate? He goes, no, he goes, I'm not comfortable. I still got to earn this money. And, um, you know, as it relates to Bradley Bill, I, I made this assertion on Twitter the other day. I said, Bradley Bill could arguably become the modern day Mitch Richmond in that he played for a sorry team, but put right. up numbers. Right. But at the end, he ended up winning the ring with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so to answer your question, um I don't know that he'll ask for a trade. Uh, he he signed up for that, and I think he wants to finish it to co- or, or live out his contract to completion. But I think if the right deal comes along to the Wizards,
0: right.
1: I think they'll take it. I think it's kind of a situation this summer that was, you know, the Houston Rockets. I had reported in May um, of last year you know, that everybody was on the table in Houston except P.J. Tucker and James Harden, and look what happened. Capella's gone. Right. Um, um, uh, Chris Paul is gone. Um, you know, and, and so I, I look at the Wizards situation kind of similar to the Rockets situation. If the right deal comes along, um, take it. But, you know, I, I think that that contract of John Wall is going to be very interesting come summertime because, listen, man, Rich Paul got him paid.
0: Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs>
1: Yes, he um, did. Um, so I, I think it's just going to be very interesting. I am not committed on a trade because I don't know. Right. Um, but I think if the right situation comes along, they'd be crazy. I'd like they would be crazy not to take it. You know, if if towns wants out, those contracts might match up. Towns, brown, and um Beal.
0: That, that could be... be a TV show. Towns, Brown, <laughs> and <Beale. laughs> Yeah, that'd be a massive move because I think over the last I say five five years that, um they've had like a ceiling. Like I like every year I would expect them to get to maybe second round, maybe, and i would be like, you know, getting past that. And I think that that backcourt might need a change up, even when Wall gets back, but I don't, we'll see how that goes. But
1: Yeah, I I look at the the, the Wizards and I look at the um the t- the Timberwolves, and to me those are the two teams that were supposed to be that never were. Like the Timberwolves were supposed to be the next Warriors, right? And then you see flashes of the Phoenix Suns replacing what um, they should have been, or what the Timberwolves should have been. Does that, that make sense?
0: Yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Definitely makes a lot of sense. What's your thoughts on All-Star Weekend? I think this one's was, this one this was one of the best overall weekends overall in a while for the all-star weekend because the all-star game i was actually in tune with it like oh they're really playing defense diving on the floor and everything i was really into it this year i think they did a good job with some of the changes they made and a lot of players played and played inspired anyway because of what happened to kobe
1: yeah i think that i also just think i had this conversation with david aldridge I, i feel as though um the uh all Star Game promoted defense. Having the targeted score was everything. Right. right. Um, and nobody really was a loser. You said you think about it, right? Defense won for the basketball purists. Right. Money was donated to charity. And Lakers fans got to see Kawhi and LeBron playing the same team, and Anthony Davis, <laughs> with Anthony Davis finally. You know I'll never live that down, <laughs> uh, but I, I think you know when you look at when you look at that, and, and I mean be honest with you, just looking from the perspective of you know, just people trying new things. Damian the, the weekend overall, like Damien Lillard likes to rap. Yeah, he rapped. He, you know, Chicago got his just do with folks like you know Common and um, Chance the Rapper, and uh, even Kanye, you know, appearing with Kim. You know, right, you had that. The weather was cold. It was very cold, uh, but I, I think also um, with the with the Jordan or Bulls uh, documentary coming out this summer, yeah. uh, as well as just Michael being the 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 the, 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 the my age group's bracket um, guy, and then right. Kobe passing right before the All Star game, and him being the Michael um, light, if you will. It just—it was just a synergistic weekend for the right at the right place in Chicago, which is the mecca for '90s basketball fans. Right. It just was the right synergy in it, and it felt right.
0: Yeah, I loved it. I loved every inch of it. Every I loved all of it, except I think the dunk contest—they didn't want to tie. There's some things came out after that saying they thought there was gonna be a tie, but some people put the wrong scores and everything. But besides that, the whole weekend was a success.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, man. The weekend was a success. The slam dunk contest was was iffy. I think I think Aaron Gordon did his best dunks too early. Um, I think he won it. I don't know if I subscribe to the Dwayne Wade was a um Dwayne Wade. Was being partial with the Miami thing, but I do think that um, what I liked about Derrick Jones Jr. was his 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 dunks were just clean.
0: Yeah, five three fifty. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. <They were> clean. <laughs>
1: it's crazy. But I did like the white man can't jump dunk.
0: Yeah, that was original. That was yeah. He came out and brought that. <laughs> yeah, that was original thinking. I did like yeah. that too. We talked We talked about a couple of rookies with Zion and Ja. One rookie out of Chicago, which we're familiar with, Kobe White. Can you speak on him? Became the first rookie to put up with 33-plus points, three straight games since MJ, first since MJ. He's he's balling, but he won't get that much you know, publicity for what he's doing because of yeah, Zion Cole. and Ja. And I think
1: I'm, you speak of Chicago, another guy that I think gets overlooked is Kendrick
0: Nunn. Very true. Very true.
1: um, uh, you know, I I talked to Kobe White at the beginning of the season, um, about, um, the, the, uh, rookie race. And he told me he was a fan of Kendrick Nunn. Um, and he likes what John Moran is doing. Um, you know, and I asked him, um, just about the, 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 class of 2019. Right. And he just told me that these guys are really stepping out, you know, and do what he needs to do. And this is what he said. He goes, uh, we're play, where, uh, I asked him, uh, when you look at rookies, it seems like a lot of you guys have grown fast. When you look at guys like John Morant, RG Barrett and yourself, what is in the water in the class of 2019? And he said, I don't know us. We're playing well. But then you got guys like Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, DeAndre Hunter. Right. It just, I don't know, all of us are playing really well at the beginning of the season. Right. I know it's still early. It's kind of early to make predictions and assume. But I don't know. I I think I don't think no one expected all of us to play as well as we do. Obviously, we're going to have our ups and downs. And, right. you know, the ups and downs is, is something that is there. I think that, that Kobe won't get of the year for the same reason, you know, that Zach Levine wasn't voted as an all-star. I think it's the bulls' record.
0: True. Very true. Scoop B, you are connected and (laughs) you do a great job on carving everything. And what would you give um, someone that wants to do this journey you've done in journalism? Can you speak on journalism a little bit and what you advise someone that wants to get into this?
1: Um, Don't put up with people's bullshit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great point. Great advice, honestly. Great advice.
1: <laughs> uh, to be more specific, um, I think that we're just in a space right now. Um, I think that he, that we're in a space in journalism right now. Right. Um, that we were in with politics, particularly with Barack Obama when he became president. Right. In two thousand eight. Where if you ride this digital wave where people are trying to be brands, right. social media influencers, but actually have style and substance, 10 years from now, you will be the expert in your field. Um, you know, in 2008, I graduated undergrad and was, you know, um, you know, I started grad school that next year at Roush right. University and got my master's degree. And I looked at the digital shift. Uh, viral is everything. Twitter is everything. Instagram posts are everything. But I think that as much as people want to be seen right, and, and I think you should be read and heard. I think your, 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 your written word, right. like it'll never die. If you like, if you think about it, when you were in high school or middle school and social studies class, um, we were reading books and those books had the ability to shape how you think and perceive things. Right. If you write You have the ability ability to contribute to um, history. The Bible, the Quran, the, the, the Torah are all written accounts of experiences. Right. And as a journalist, you should take that as an honor that you're able to do it. And you should also put your best work out there because, like, who pays to go to school and takes out loans to just be average? Very true. You know, That's my credit it. score, as I've been on the phone with you, I, I was stuttering a little bit because my credit score went up 60 points. I'm now able to start paying my student loans one time, and it's a blessing. That's what's you know, up, but, man. But, but what I'll say to you is, like, if you're in it just to be seen, this is not the profession for you. Um, if, right. you're, if, you're, if you're in it for the long run and because you actually have a passion and you care about what's going on, right. if you're good to the profession, it will be good to you. And I love basketball, you know? So if, if it's not basketball, if it's politics – if it's video games, right. if it's if it's if it's fashion, if it's whatever you do, like right. focus on your passion and do it in a way that hasn't been done, because I feel like the lanes are so clogged with everybody being the same, but everybody says they're different.
0: True. That's very true. So, man. That's my, very my, true.
1: My grandmother told me, I asked her one time, I said, What's good for earrate? She told me, stop listening to bullshit. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a, a clogged lane right now. And if you find your lane, you, you kind of bypass a lot of that or you have a good shot at doing it.
0: Very true. That's very true. And I text you this, but I want to tell you also in person, well, not in person, but with the phone. You said some. You, was on, you were on a podcast, a previous podcast. Um, I text you this and you said, and God gives things, God gives them things when it's time. And like I told you, that stuck with me.
1: It's true. I, I, I think um, they say in order to be an overnight success, it takes ten years. Yeah. Man, I, I must be a double overnight success because <laughs> I, I'm not where I want to be. I'm, right. I'm my biggest critic, but at the same time, like I've been at it since I was 12. Now I stopped started like from 12 to 14. I was doing radio. Then I became a you know regular kid. But right. literally from 20. 11, when I graduated um, grad school at Hofstra to 2020, I've been going at it full force every day. Right. day. I've been at magazines where people weren't paying at all or weren't paying on time, but I took a leaf in faith. I've sent invoices for freelancing, and you know I don't get the checks until four or five months later. Right. Um, I, I've been in situations where I've had family members who've died. I've had situations where you know struggled to pay my rent, or you know like food stance in my back pocket. Where you know I lived in one place where you know I had a refrigerator. The freezer was cold enough like the refrigerator, and the refrigerator didn't work. Right. I cooked on a I cooked I cooked on a crock pot, a, a George Foreman grill. microwave um and and you know i'm saying but i I, during that time i was building relationships to this day right and you know i i think about the i appreciate the 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 struggle or the grind i'm still grinding but i appreciate the 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 more humble beginnings to get to you know where I, i i think i should be and you know i think that a lot of times we wait on somebody to give you feedback or cosign and tell you, you're the one. Right. And then start working hard rather than just working hard to right. hold damn time.
0: Yeah. You work will show regardless.
1: That's what I believe. You work will show. Like if you had asked me, I felt that I should have been on in 2016, but at the same time, there were some things I needed to work on. Right. Um, there were things that I needed to learn, you know, and I, and I appreciate the journey that much more, you know, there were relationships that I needed to mend with people, friends, right. um, colleagues you know they're, they're i think sometimes so when i said the statement about you know god will give it to you already that that's a that's a true statement right. you know i saw djk slay say that people always say that they're blessed when the money comes in but what about being blessed with your health and you have 20 dollars yeah
0: yeah just be blessed you're alive blessed what you have currently and bigger blessings to come you keep working for them like
1: <laughs> being on doesn't mean blessed because you don't know what some it took for somebody to get to that point very they could have sold their soul for all you knew.
0: Very true. You
1: know, so I, I think and I hate to use that extreme all the time because everybody who makes the industry don't sell their soul. There are people who actually work hard. Yeah. To get to where they gotta get. I'm glad that I'm in that number and I'm continuing to do what I need to do.
0: Yeah, I'm the type of person that doesn't look around what what someone else is doing. I stay focused on what I gotta do. But you're you're one of the few, I'm not gonna lie. Every time I, I, I can't help but see your light. You you you're doing your thing. I said, "I'm everything you've done. I'm proud of you, and you you keep you keep doing more. You're one I'm of you you're, you're one of my inspirations. I'm not gonna lie, you are you. Thank you man. You're doing a thing, bro. <laughs> For real, I, I
1: appreciate that. And I think you know. I think that's the thing. Like I think a lot of times, like like when I was in when I was in school, you know, I, I'm familiar with your area. I went to Eastern University, which right. is you know." On the main line down the street from from uh, Villanova and, and King of Prussia Mall, and one of my best friends said to me, "You know, don't aim to be famous, because like, what are you trying to be famous for? Like, become famous because you've made an impact, right. and that's not being famous; that's being noteworthy for what you do." Right. True. And I think like like that that has always stuck stuck with me. That was in like 2004, 2005 when he said it. Right. And it's like I'll be honest with you, like there's been times over the last year, year and a half where You know, I think it's one thing when you're doing interviews that go viral, but when you get into the information space, that's a whole nother conversation that is not dominated by people of color. Right. And a lot of people looking at you like, who the hell do you think you are? Right. And what I find is when you put something out or I have found when I have put certain things out and I've been right and then they credit this person. It's not always the fact that it's a slight at you. It's that they don't know you. Very true. You know, sometimes it don't even be like he's whack, we block him. Sometimes they don't know you and they're not familiar with your work. So, like for example, you know, that whole Carmelo Anthony thing back in 20 or, you know, in the fall where, you know, I asked him all those questions. Literally, it was a situation where yeah. he was not doing interviews. We had an email before. I've never said this publicly. You're the first to hear it. Um, he was supposed to do it. he was supposed to be at a Lou Gehrig's organization's event and he wasn't taking any questions right. and we got an email about it. Right. Well, I've covered Mello for years, him being a Nick, him just, just being at part same parties, just always, yeah. always done right by him. Right. And when he did the red carpet, he was going getting to walk off and he comes, he, he spoke to me like he waved to me while he was standing and waiting. Yeah. I said, yo, you're really not talking. He goes. He goes. Well, what do you want to know? I said you got a few minutes. All the other reporters were standing around looking like, wait, I thought he wasn't speaking. I right. took out my phone and I started recording. Right. They gave everybody every other reporter credit. Damn it, if I wasn't there, he wasn't speaking. True. I felt some type of way about that. That's Bleacher true. Report cited it, didn't give me my proper attribution, which it should have been. They were citing S and Y. Right. But if you paid attention to my social media yesterday. Bleacher report ended up setting me yeah, for something I saw that. bigger. That whole that. Michael Jordan thing with yeah. Magic Johnson.
0: Yeah, congrats on that too. I saw that. I saw Here's that. Here's the
1: funny part. That wasn't even my question. <laughs> those questions Mello was answering. Yeah. Those were my questions. So it's just crazy. Sometimes it, it don't even be people that that don't acknowledge because because they just want to slight you. They just don't know you. Yeah. This time around, they, they knew what it was. Yeah. You couldn't
0: deny it looking back now from the story i told you first time it was on here about the um <laughs> the viral question i asked that the Hall of Fame, i get you it they didn't know. know who the hell i was but who's this guy asking it <laughs> see we're viral crazy
1: so for those who for those who don't know um that question that you asked was the big three conference call uh, where Jeff Kwaninitz, uh and Amy Trask, as well as Clyde Drexler and uh, Ice Cube from the Big Three, were discussing different things. And you asked Jeff Quanninns a question about Kobe Bryant. Am I right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. One was at the Basketball <laughs> Hall of Fame with um. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting around a little bit, man. It's crazy. It's,
1: but I'ma tell you, man, it's all about them tweets. It's those tweets and the right people liking, the right, the right people retweeting, right. And, the, and the article that goes with it. As soon as Jeff said that, you know, it was head, I put the headline out yeah. and people were going with it. Kobe was going to the big three. I never said Kobe was going to the big three, but that's how headlines can be misleading sometimes where people just take what somebody says and runs with it. It was said that a source told Jeff that Kobe might play for the big three. And of course, you know, Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant did not play in the big three, won't play in the big three. But at that moment, everybody ran with that news from a question you asked. I actually have to thank you because I was just putting a tweet out.
0: (laughs) Crazy, man. I'm working, bro. I'm trying. <laughs> That's all I can say.
1: No, nah, but you know what? i tell you what. Your your platform I like because those Instagram videos, people be tagging me in your videos and people send me your videos and I had not even seen the highlight like, because I'm on the road. I'm working. I'm not writing again. Your Instagram keeps me abreast of what's going on when I can't sit down and watch games.
0: I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. A lot of people don't know I'm doing this part time. A lot of people think I'm doing this full time because of the work they see and the guests they see. our book. I'm doing this part time. I'm trying to transition to full time doing this. So I'm busting my ass over here, bro. <laughs> Believe oh, that.
1: Man. I know it.
0: I know it. Scoop so, B, man, it was a pleasure to have you back on. We gotta do this more often, at least once a month. This, 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 was, this was too long.
1: This was too long. Let's do it, and let's get you on Scoopy Radio as well.
0: Definitely, I definitely sound for that. Let me know when, bro. Definitely yes sir thank you thanks for joining me again enjoy the rest of your busy day I know you're about to go do some work uh, reach out to you soon catch you next time bro
1: brother thanks for having me as always
0: no problem speak to you soon right. yes sir right. yes that was Brandon <clears throat> Scoop Beach. pleasure having him back on catch you next week <laughs>